0: This is the Daily Tip on the BetQL Network,
1: presented by BetMGM. Power number three here on Black Friday, Bill Rowland and K.J. Carson in for Chelsea and Jinx. Thanks for hanging out with us here as you have uh, kind of recovering from Thanksgiving. Hopefully, put some money in your pocket as well as... Uh, Things went kind of as planned, I guess, two of the three games yesterday, KJ, around the NFL. Nobody, I think, saw, the unless you're a Packers fan, saw the Packers winning that game outright. Uh, I think everybody probably was on Dallas' money line, if you put it into the parlay. I don't think anybody had Washington on the money line. That would be nuts. Uh, and right. then San Francisco did exactly what we figured San Francisco would do to Seattle and that's dominate them start to finish. So 49ers getting ready now to go to Philly to take on the Eagles' little revenge spot, but that's coming up uh, in another week and a half or so. We'll get to the NFL games coming up at 8.20 for the weekend. The rest of the schedule, we'll get to Sunday night, Monday night games, the late afternoon games we did. If you missed it, you can always go back and listen on the podcast. We did the early 1 o'clock games on Sunday in the last hour. All right. We did some college football in the seven o'clock hour. Want to get to more college football here because it is a big college football weekend. Get to some of these games that we didn't get a chance to talk about. Again, lots of moving parts here this weekend, KJ. As far as the college football playoff goes, we didn't talk about this one. But if you're rooting for chaos, if you're one of these teams, a Texas, an Alabama, I guess even now, uh, uh, you know, you look at like a Florida State that's hoping to hold on and be undefeated and get in. You look at a game, number sixteen Oregon State, at number six Oregon, Oregon ten and one, Oregon State eight and three. Kind of the last time these two teams are going to meet, because of course Oregon's leaving the Pac twelve. There's only gonna be two Pac 12 teams left when it's all said and done. But this is a big game because if (laughs) Yeah, exactly. If you're if you're Texas, if you're Alabama. You need Oregon to drop this game because that would basically eliminate them from any chance of being in the top four, and you would leapfrog them. The spread here is Oregon by 13.5 at home, the total at 62.5. This is a huge game. The Beavers' disappointing loss to Washington last week by two. They played that game tough again. A lot of people were rooting for the Beavers to win that game to get Washington out of the playoff. What do we like here in this last edition of a rivalry game?
3: I expect Oregon State to play tough, but what's tough about Oregon State is the quarterback play, right? It's, it's very sometimey and flaky. So if there's a play I have is under 62 and a half, but you almost feel like Oregon is going to try and run this number up as much as they possibly can. Just to show that, okay, hey, we we beat a ranked opponent. It's a it's a it's an in-state rivalry game. We were able to throttle it because, as you mentioned, with them being one of the one losses, you still know that Alabama is still lurking to play Georgia in the SEC championship game. So if if Alabama wins that game against Georgia, now Georgia's a one-loss team. Alabama's still a one-loss team, and Oregon's out of the picture for sure. So Oregon has to really put up the points to show that they, they've they dominated not only their in-state rival, but another ranked team, just so that way they can get back into the fold of things. Because right now, Washington is the team out of the Pac-12, and so you can't really imagine two teams coming out of the Pac-12, but they might deservedly have so if other things happen. So. I think Oregon wins the game. I like the under because I think Oregon State will keep it close early just in terms of just being able to frustrate Bo Nix a little bit. But I don't think that the 13 and a half, that's a play. Because now, I mean, it might it might hit towards the very end. So that's what that's the weird feeling I have is like, when they go up by 14 and there's probably about five minutes left in the fourth quarter.
1: Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think that Oregon State going to do everything they can to keep this game under the 62-and-a-half. It, it's it, for their benefit. I don't think they can win a shootout with Oregon and Bonics yeah. in that offense. So they need to keep it down. So I would actually be on the under as well uh, if I were going to play this game. The interesting conversation, though, is let's say Oregon wins today. So now they get mm-hmm. to 11-and-1. They play in the Pac-12 title game against an undefeated Washington and win that game. Now the question becomes, you've got a one-loss Oregon, you've got a one-loss Washington, you're going to have a one-loss either Ohio State or Michigan. Let's say Florida State loses a game as well, so that would probably eliminate them. I would imagine if they lose to Florida or to Louisville in the ACC title game, they're done. How do you pick between all of those one-loss teams to figure out who's going to get there? Because you'd have Oregon, Washington, Texas, Alabama Michigan State or Ohio State I would not want to be on the committee at that point trying to figure out and and you know what Georgia as well because if you have Alabama with just one loss that means they would have beaten Georgia you'd have six or seven one loss teams for basically the three spots behind the Michigan Ohio State winner I'm rooting for that I want to see them (laughs) have to figure this out
3: Agent Chaos, Bill Rowland. look Amen. here so right. So here's what would happen in an Oregon situation. Because Washington beat Oregon at Oregon, if they lose on a neutral site, I still say that the Washington win road is stronger than a game that's at a neutral site. So if they lose in a in a follow-up matchup, depending on how bad the loss looks, if it's a close game like the first one was, then Washington still remains the number one team. The argument would have been Oregon should have won that game at home. I think the interesting one would be Georgia. And I've been saying, I probably see at the beginning of last, the beginning of the season, we had a guest on from Atlanta. I said, Georgia's cupcake schedule is going to catch up with them somehow. And I think they may get punished. If they lose to Alabama, then the committee would say, hey, Georgia played a lot of soft opponents. In fact, their game against Tennessee two weeks ago was their first game on the road against a ranked opponent in like 30 games. So Georgia may get punished where you would say, hey, Alabama has beaten more quality teams to get to this point than Georgia has beaten to stay at this point, right? Do you reward the kid that's done well the second half of the school year who's gotten A's or do you reward the kid who got B's at the beginning of the school year and now is slipping into into C's and D's? You'd say, hey, the kid is showing me a work towards the end of the thing versus the kid who was showing off at the early part of the year. I need to know that you can do all of it. So in this one loss scenario, Washington will be in that mix. The uh, If Alabama beats Georgia, Alabama's in. And then Florida State, even with one loss, I think they get in just because now you have all these wow. one loss teams and you would still be able to have a representative from the ACC. So that's the other part, I, I think, because with all this conference realignment that's happening, the one conference that really can't have any moving parts like Florida State can't get up and leave. Miami can't leave. These, Clemson can't leave. They're there to like 2037. So the last thing you want to do is to kind of run one conference afoul as all these other things are changing, because all that stuff could be made up as the playoff extends next year.
1: You think they would take the one-loss Florida State team without their starting quarterback over the team who loses Michigan-Ohio State? Or would they, would they be one of the other teams in? Because you're going to have an undefeated Ohio State or Michigan in unless Iowa somehow pulls off some stunner. But that team's going to be in. So you'd have, in this scenario, Georgia, Alabama. Let's say Texas wins the Big 12. You'd have the loser of Ohio State-Michigan, you'd have Washington, you'd have Oregon, all with one loss. I don't know how you would leave out the loser of Michigan-Ohio State in that scenario. I guess it's possible, but that would be a tough thing, especially if it, whoever loses doesn't get blown out.
3: Here's how. Let's say Florida State's one loss comes in its ACC championship game. Uh, let's say uh, maybe they play Clemson. Let's say they play Clemson and lose that Well, game.
1: it's going to be Louisville. They're going to play Louisville. Be, okay, That's already okay, determined.
3: Yep. So, so let's say they lose to Louisville. Then you would have to make the argument like, okay, is their loss to Louisville more – what's the word I'm looking for? Um, more damning? More, no, more, more acceptable than okay. the loser of Ohio State-Michigan not even getting to their conference game. Right, So mm-hmm. where the loss comes, I think, plays a part. So if Florida State loses before getting to its conference game, then yes, make that argument that their loss came at a res- as a regular season game just the same way it was as Ohio State or Michigan's. But if Florida State's loss comes to a, a Louisville team, then I don't think Louisville be- – I think Louisville becomes that first team on the outside or – Because they get left behind for one of the Michigan Ohio State teams, right? So if Louisville wins that champion, if Louisville wins all the way out, I don't know if they usurp the loser of Ohio State Michigan. But if Florida State wins the ACC and has one loss, I think they do because they are conference champion and they only have one loss.
1: Fair enough. All right, let's talk about one of the games today Texas Tech six and five at texas who is ten and one and they're sitting number seven in the college football playoff the line on this game longhorns minus 14 the total is 52 and a half again one of those games texas tech staying where they are but texas moving to the sec so just like oregon state and oregon this is kind of the end of what has been a big rivalry texas tech won this game last year 37 34 in overtime so texas looking for a little bit of revenge and Texas trying to hold on to any slim hope that they have to win to win uh, today and then win the Big 12 championship and then cross your fingers hope that they somehow get enough chaos to get into the college football playoff. But with the Longhorns down, they're starting running back. And also, Quinures is still hurt with that shoulder injury. He's going to play, but he hasn't been himself. Can they do enough to cover the 14?
3: I hope Jenks is not awake listening to this or watching this. I can almost probably bet hundred to one that he's not up or listening to this. Yeah, is yes. this has the feeling of an Oklahoma State Oklahoma game, where it just clearly seems that one team is clearly better than the other. They're going their separate ways, but someone says let's let's have one more for the road, and then you realize you're like, boy, this was really good when we added. That's why I think Texas Tech covers this game gets very interesting if there's kind of a wild card game you would say you know what is there a game that you would take a chance on the money line for a big payout it would be texas tech beating texas because it feels Mm -hmm. like texas is busy looking up above them what oklahoma was doing remember when oklahoma was undefeated and they it seemed like they were busy looking at what was happening above them and trying to keep up with them and not taking front taking care of what's in front of them right now as you mentioned down there starting running back. Quinn Erz has pretty much tried to muscle his way through the season. This is one of those games, you know, in the NFL we call them trap games. But this may be the ultimate trap game that Texas Tech can say, here's a little going out present, just the same way that Oklahoma State gave one to Oklahoma and pretty much killed Oklahoma's season. So this is one of those risk plays that I would say, I like Texas Tech on the money line just because, Sometimes Sarkeesian can be asleep at the wheel in his team. And again, you have history of them losing to him just last year with virtually all the same people in place, if anything. He had a better running back in Bijan John Robinson last year. So I like Texas Tech to potentially pull off the upset at plus
1: 450. That's interesting. You definitely get your money's worth at it at plus 450, no doubt. And Texas still kind of reeling. I think from losing that Oklahoma game late, because if they mm-hmm. win that game, they're clearly in the top four cruising to the college football playoffs. So uh, mm-hmm. it will be interesting there for Texas Tech. All right, real quick, we'll get to the Iron Bowl. This one tomorrow, number eight, Alabama, 10-1 and at Auburn, 6-5. and And Auburn coming off just a god-awful loss to New Mexico State last week. <laughs> Alabama, big, big number here, 13-and-a-half in the Iron Bowl. Again, it's on the road, 650 on the money line. The total set at 48. Talked to P.J. Glasser yesterday. He was an Alabama grad. He said if this was at Alabama, he'd have no problem laying 13-and-a-half, 14 on up. He's like, but he just doesn't like going to Auburn because weird things happen in this game at Auburn. I'm a little more confident than he is. I think Alabama rolls in this, even though they're looking ahead to Georgia next week for the SEC title game. I just don't trust Auburn on any level.
3: Yeah. I think Alabama will use this as those old Saturday morning wrestling matches where it would be like macho man, savage versus the guy who lives next door to you. Right. I think they're going to use Alabama is going to use this Auburn game to really iron sharpen iron with their players to be ready for the game with Georgia next week. So I'm not scared. Look, in the past, if you had a decent Auburn team, when you're coming off a loss to New Mexico State and you're like, aren't they on probation? But you're thinking, no, that's the basketball team I think that was put on probation. When you start thinking like that, you're like, damn, they really lost to them? So Auburn is trying to save face. And sometimes when you try to save face, it can get uglier. So I like Alabama to probably cover the spread by time, halftime hits. I, I, I think it's just one of those things that they've got to show that they're serious business and make sure that Georgia notices that they're not asleep at the wheel. I, if you told me that this spread was 18 and a half, I would take it as well.
1: I think you're thinking of maybe the Brooklyn Brawler was the guy on Saturday morning wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, Mon- well, he, T- he
3: became, Yeah, well, Brooklyn Brawler ended up becoming like other guys, Doink the clown. He was the second Doink the yeah. clown. So he had a little bit, and we're friends on Twitter, ironically. <laughs> we follow each other. Brooklyn, brawler. He had a little
1: run. He yeah. had a little run, the Brooklyn Brawler. All right, we come back. We'll talk about the brawls coming off in in the NFL this weekend, the late Sunday games, and into Monday night as well. Bill Rollin and KJ Carson filling in. For Chelsea and Jinx, this is The Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM.
0: The Daily Tip will be right back on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Welcome back to the Daily Tip on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM.
1: All right, welcome back. Bill Roland, KJ Carson, in for Chelsea and Jinx. This is the Daily Tip on BetQL. We appreciate you hanging out with us. Best bets coming up at 840. Right now, we're going to dive back into the NFL and the later games, Sunday night and Monday night as well. Lots to get to, KJ, so let's just go ahead and jump right into these games because, again, we talked about it yesterday. Everybody kind of mentions this. You get the Thanksgiving, and this is kind of now when everything starts to ramp up in the NFL. You've had you know, your first you know, 9, 10 weeks, and some teams have been okay. We've had surprise teams like Houston. You're kind of figuring out where everybody is. Then you got teams like Cincinnati who are hurt. Other teams, Cleveland, it's lost their starting quarterbacks. And this is now like, here we go. It's the stretch run. You're getting towards December. So let's start out. We talked about the Texans. Let's start right there. Jaguars, Texans Mm. in Houston, the battle for the AFC South is on. You've got Houston plus 105 on the money line. You've got an opportunity for them to sweep Jacksonville because they beat them earlier in the year in Jacksonville total set at a reasonable 48 and a half. Do we still trust the rookie CJ Stroud to lead his team over Jacksonville for a second time and get them tied in the AFC South?
3: Isn't it amazing that if you, if I said at the beginning of the season that, Hey, this coronation that we're having for Jacksonville may be too soon for the AFC South, because it felt like this could be Jacksonville's division for the next four to five years, just based on the way everything is structured. You've got young quarterbacks, but now we're saying Jacksonville may not be able to taste the success that we were all expected for. Them. Like I'll tell you right now, I do not believe my 10 and a half wins over is going to cash for Jacksonville. Now I don't believe that's going to really? happen just because of this sudden burst by Houston. I'm not sure about the one and a half on the road for Jacksonville. It could be a game that comes down to like, that's what's so tricky. It it almost feels like the odd makers believe that this is a game that's either going to come down to a field goal to win it or a field goal is missed and it's lost. It could, it it literally feels that way. So it's it's like a game that's going to come to the end. So this spread is too thin for me to go one way or the other, because I feel like it could go one way or the other. Houston's a rejuvenated city in terms of following the Texans. It used to be like, hey, people were going back to church on Sunday because the Texans were so bad. Like church attendance was up like 30%. Now you've got people who are ready to come see this team play. D'Amico Rhines, I think, is going to have a great game plan against Trevor Lawrence again, as he did in that first game. But it's really going to be incumbent for both Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk to both be on top of their games for them to have a chance to win this game. I think that's what happens. So if there's one way I am leaning, it would be the total. And I'm going to go with the under because they're going to try and make this a scrappier game. The Houston Texans will with the crowd, so forth, probably see some false starts, maybe a couple of third and longs that would probably third and manageables happen. And probably two additional punts by each team just because of the yips that might be going on. So... The spread is too thin, you know, the money line for Texans at plus one Oh five. If you want to get a little bit over even money, I could see that play right to cover the, the one and a half where they could lose by a point or two. But I think, I think for me, the play is under 47 and a half. Just I, I, you, CJ Stroud's not going to have the three touchdowns just going off for 300 yards. I think uh, Doug Peterson is going to make sure that defense kind of tightens some things up because. I think when they played him, you know, when they played him in Jacksonville, the the idea is like, well, this is just the Texans coming in and they're trying to get their bearings. And by the time 60 minutes and one second hit on the clock, (laughs) they had lost. So, yeah, it's going to be a tighter game.
1: Yeah, I mean, 37-17 back in week three, I don't think we're going to see that same scenario play out where it gets to that much. You're talking about having your 10-and-a-half ticket on Jacksonville and their win total. Well, they're going to need this game today because you look at the stretch of their schedule. Now, December 4th, Cincinnati, again, a couple weeks ago, that would have been a question mark. I think they can handle Cincinnati at home. They go to Cleveland. Now, Cleveland's down their quarterbacks, but that defense at home is a completely different animal on the road, and that game's in Cleveland. They have Baltimore and then Tampa, Carolina, Tennessee, so the wins are there. But you almost need this one just to hedge an upset somewhere else to get those four more wins that you need. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. This this game, today, I, I like Jacksonville in this spot. I think them getting themselves, the, their hat handed to them back earlier in the year by 20 at home is enough motivation for them to go into Houston and win. And, and C.J. Shroud hasn't been bad the last couple of weeks, but he's been more – Rookie like, I guess is the right. best way to put it. Still been spectacular, but he's starting to feel himself a little bit like, oh, this, this NFL thing is easy and starting right. to make some suspect throws here and there. So, all right, let's talk about that Browns team on the road at Denver. Denver, point and a half favorite coming into this one. Total set at 36, another low total. And don't look now, folks. The Denver Broncos are 5 and 5. We were all, and I was on this as well, making fun of Sean Payton. Who wasn't going to be there next year? Would it be Payton or Russell Wilson that got run out of town? All of a sudden, they're 5-5, five and five, and they're in the mix. They got a good chance against this Cleveland team who's beat up to get to 6-5 and five, and suddenly back in the AFC playoff race.
3: Yeah, this Denver team is starting to look like the team that I thought they could have been when they first got Russell Wilson. Just didn't realize that the Daniel Hackett situation was such a disaster. Uh, but we learned that in week one of last year, and it seemed like kind of the you-know-what started to fall downhill all into your yard. Now it seems like like the cleanup has started to happen. They figured a way to say, you know what, we can beat you in a 17-14 game. That's why this total is so low. I like Denver to cover the one and a half two reasons altitude and a rookie quarterback. So if, if you've got Dorian, I can't it, sometimes hyphenated names. I, I don't want to put the names on the wrong side of the hyphen and offend the fans. DTR. DTR. I think the altitude is going to be something that affects him just because if this is the first time you're going through this now, granted, when he was in college, he did get to play in Colorado at Boulder, but this is a different speed. These are different guys. So that's gonna, I think that's going to factor in, I mean, he had a game that was manageable last week and he was able to keep, that, keep the, 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 the show on the road, but it was against the Pittsburgh team that just cannot do anything offensively. This is a Denver team that still does have weapons and can run the ball effectively up the middle to combat Miles Garrett's rush to the quarterback. So they have the things to combat Miles Garrett and where he is on the field. I just don't know if the Browns have enough offense from its quarterback to get it past 14 points.
1: Yeah, you look at Denver, they've won four in a row, three of those by less than a field goal, 19-17 over the Packers, 24-22 over the Bills, and then, of course, the Vikings, 21-20. So you figure a tight game, the one-and-a-half is probably right at it. The total of 36, again, one of those low totals we've talked about, like the Giants and the Patriots, those type of games. But, I mean, again, you get a score 17-14, 20-17. You're right at that number of 36, so that's a tough one. I think my play on this would be to take Denver, give the one and a half, or if you're worried about it being a 21-20 game, go ahead, minus 125, not a big deal on the money line. But I do like Denver in this spot. I just worry that a late touchdown pushes it over the thirty-six. You end up like a, a 21-17 type game, and you end up missing mm. it by, you know, a couple of points because it is so low. But I'm with you. I think Denver is going to be uh, kind of one of those teams down the stretch that you look at and go, all of a sudden, nobody wants to play them. All right, Rams-Cardinals, yeah. not much to talk about here in this game. Rams 4-6, and six, Cardinals 2-8. and eight. Rams are favored in this one by a single point, total 44 and a half. I mean, this is a – just don't even pay attention to this game, right? I mean, it's pointless either side.
3: For Arizona, there is a play. And I think that play is, can Kyler Murray under the radar get the confidence back of ownership for him to be the guy that's kept, right? Because they've got a high draft pick and you almost wonder, do you really go after another quarterback or do you make, say, a play for Marvin Havidson Jr., get him another weapon and then start to the rebuild there? I think it'd be harder to get rid of Kyler Murray because it's still very early in the big contract extension he signed. So that might scare teams off from trying to make a deal. So I think Kyler Murray has the, the gumption to really get things done. I think the Rams, I think at this point, are just trying to make sure that they can finish this, this out healthy as possibly they can. Cooper Cup, you probably start seeing reduced snaps over time just because some things have started to flare up again. So I actually like Arizona to cover the one and a half and probably, you know, look, the money line is what? Even money for them to cover for them to win so if it's if it's I I could see Arizona winning this game so not only covering the one and a half but actually winning it out the total I'm a bit a mystery of because there's a part of me that feels like this could be one of those games that Kyler Murray goes off and all of a sudden a narrative Kyler Murray is back you know but really it's Kyler Murray is going to be kept and I think that's what that's what this game is really about
1: yeah that's good point all right let's jump ahead to some of these better games here bills at the eagles buffalo six and five philly nine and one coming off a huge win against kansas city and this is the gauntlet that the eagles are in right now they have again four straight games they got san francisco coming in after buffalo they go to dallas the week after that this is the gauntlet here for the eagles can they get up for each one of these games do they have enough to cover this line has dropped down to three it was three and a half earlier in the week it's now three for Philadelphia. They're minus 175 in the money line, total 48 and a half. Is this the kind of trap game coming off the victory against Kansas City in a Super Bowl rematch, looking ahead to an NFC Championship game rematch, and then even further down the road, the Cowboys, which they could lock up the division with a win. Is this the trap spot?
3: I don't think this is the trap spot. I think actually the Chiefs game would have been the trap spot, even though that's not really a trap, right? Because had they lost that Chiefs game, now they're facing Josh Allen, who's trying to rebuild the narrative of just this turnover machine, bad decision-making, and you're going to be worried there's going to be that Philadelphia angst where lose on the road and come back home, you don't want to underperform. So you know you had to come back home to come back with the victory, if you will. And I think knowing that the Cowboys are coming up, there is going to be a heightened focus on saying, if you get it done and you beat – Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen in week to week, back to back weeks. You now probably as a team start to believe that not only are the Cowboys not a problem, but now you start saying we need to start preparing for San Francisco coming. I think December third. So I think maybe the Dallas game next week could be the trap game, but I don't think oh, that's this in two one weeks. Is. Two Dallas is in two sorry. weeks. It's San Francisco next, and then Dallas weeks. after that. Yep. Oh Dallas. So after you that. got so- Dallas coming. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I think possibly the San Francisco game could put so much energy, could might suck a lot of energy out of them. That come the Dallas okay. game, that could be an issue. So I don't think this is the trap game. San okay. Francisco leading into Dallas would be. I'm sorry, I had the two games back backwards.
1: No, that's okay. Yeah, that that's that, probably a good point. Again, you're at home this week against Buffalo. To me, I'm going to watch this game. I want to pay attention to this game. I'm not touching this game as far as the number goes because I don't like Man. anything about it. All right. Ravens, Chargers on Sunday night. Ravens at eight and three, basically in control now of the AFC North, taking on a Chargers team who I don't know how Brandon Staley has still kept his job. The Chargers should be way better than they are at four and six. The Ravens are favored by three and a half here on the road, total of 48. What am I missing here? Shouldn't the Chargers be better than four and six, or am I overvaluing them? Like everybody else seems to.
3: Yeah, I think Staley is keeping the pictures not on a cloud, but a hard drive. You know, because that's what's probably keeping him around. It's like they're not in a cloud; we can't hack it. Now this dude keeps it on some little hard drive in the back of his office. You know, here's the thing with the Chargers: is at some point you have to say, "Why are we performing? Why are we going out and playing for this guy?" And it's starting to slowly show up. You you, you look at someone like Keenan Allen right who like did you just I don't know if you saw the video of what his shoulder looks like when his pads are off right and so it's like god bless that guy him and my daughter went to high school together so they're the same age this guy's battered his body is battered and you would wonder like why at some point do they do they even still give a damn about what Brandon Staley wants to do out there um I'm a little hesitant on the Ravens at the three and a half, just because there's no Mark Andrews there to at least address the goal line situation, maybe eight yards out, right? If you're third and eight and you're eight, you know, third and goal from the eight, this is where Mark Andrews comes into play. Zay flowers has been a a tremendous get for them, but I don't know if that's a red, that's a red zone target Odell Beckham, maybe, but there's one less person in there to, to solidify, uh, Lamar Jackson's desire to get to Mark Andrews. Maybe um, the backup tight end gets, uh, who had some run, Isaiah Lively get some runs in there, but the game may be a little bit closer. It could be a shootout and this might be a three point game. And I think the hook plays. A, so that's why I'm going to stay. If anything, I might play the over, but that hook is just tremendously scared.
1: Yeah, they always seem to have it right at the number. They, these, that's why they're the best. That's why they're not tearing down hotels in Vegas to make them smaller they're making them bigger all right we'll come back best bets of the weekend coming up bill Rowe and kj carson filling in for chelsea and jinx this is the daily tip on betql presented by betmgm
0: the daily tip will be right back on the betql network presented by betmgm Welcome back to the Daily Tip on the BetQL
1: network presented by BetMGM. Hi, welcome back everyone. Bill Rowan and KJ Carson in for Chelsea and Jinx, our final segment of the day. This always reminds me of uh, Warren G, KJ. I'm sure this music bed, I know you're a big, big music fan. Does this give you Warren G
3: vibes? It was a cool black night, a warm summer breeze, Warren G and Nate Dogg, something, something, something. This hit the two square, got to regulate. You know you know how people will mumble and like, You smoke like I smoked, and you stepped to this G Funk era, great capitalist bank, the twist. People tend to know the parts that they know. So, you know, that it does remind you a bit of Regulate or Michael McDonald's um i keep forgetting tell me how it feels that might be too early for me to do my michael i keep forgetting we're not in love anymore
2: yeah baby
1: good for you being able to do the falsetto because my voice would absolutely destroyed would be destroyed if i tried to do that this early in the morning so yeah good for you (laughs)
3: yeah i was gonna say good good for you on
1: that one but uh Excuse me. Coming up next on uh, Becky L. Daily, mid major Matt, who's also a friend of this show. He's going to give out his college football and college basketball plays with the gang, so you can look forward to that. Uh, if you missed anything on the show today, of course you can go to the podcast, download it, and subscribe to the Daily Tip wherever you get your podcast. We went over to the college football weekend. We went over to the NFL weekend, so it's all there on the podcast. Check it out. Get your favorite plays again. If you missed a segment. You can always join in on that, and that's at any time. So we've got a lot of bets to get to between us and David and the Dongster and everything else. So let's go ahead and just dive right in who we have the most faith in today in this Time to place your bets. Hi, KJ. You always have some nice plus money bets. It's always something out of the ordinary when you're on the show. I love it when you come on. Because you always come up with something that I haven't even thought of for plus money. A lot of times I like to tell it, what are you doing?
3: So I dug in at BetMGM and found a nugget of a bet at plus 240. Will the Jets convert a fourth down? I say no, and here's why. It's the only good thing they've had going. They're eight for nine on fourth down attempts, but not with Tim Boyle. Not with Tim Boyle. So that's the one thing that changes the whole equation. So I don't think that the Jets convert a fourth down. In fact, I think they're at a point where if it's a fourth and three, they're not going to risk hearing the boos and the screams. I mean, you might even have Michael McDonald say, what the hell was that? We're not coming back here anymore. Like, yeah, baby. Like they're just new. The other one I like at plus 2 4 money plus 240 is will the giants and the patriots both score at least 3 points in the first quarter? Yes. Why? Because there won't be too much scoring anymore. There won't be scoring anymore. So 3-3 three, three after one quarter? Yes. 10-3 at the half? Yes. 10-3 three after three quarters? Yes. 10-6 is a final? Yes but just give them three points apiece at the end of the first quarter. I think the Giants and the Patriots can do that. So that's my plus money best bets for both today and the weekend.
1: Those are, uh, again, plus 250 for the Jets and plus 240 on Giants-Pats. I like them both. All right, my best bet, I'm staying in the college ranks for both my best bet and my lean. Best bet, Kentucky at Louisville. Look, Louisville, seven-and-a-half point favorite. They're 10-and-1. They're going to be in the ACC title game if they have any, any hope at all for chaos and to be considered for the college football playoff, which I don't think they'll get there. Even if they win this week, even if they win the AC title game against Florida State, I think they will be that one lost team that's left out, but they're gonna do everything in their power to make sure that they have an opportunity. I know Kentucky plays in the SEC and it just means more, but it's not gonna mean more this week. Louisville behind Jack Plummer, He's been very, very effective this year, completing almost 66% of his passes. And I love their run game with Jahar Jordan. He's over 1,000 yards on the season, 11 touchdowns on the year. I think Louisville just has way too much offense for Kentucky. Lay the 7.5, give me Louisville in that game. That's at minus 10. My other one, and we're going to bring Double D on for his D-Gen parlay. He's not going to like this because I'm opposite of him today. Alabama minus 13 and a half. At Auburn, I know it's a rivalry game. I know it's at Auburn. But, again, Alabama also one of those teams. They got a better shot than Louisville being a one-loss team getting the college football playoff because they'll get Georgia next week in the SEC title game. I think they've got enough to cover the 13-and-a-half. It may come late. Maybe one of those games where it's 20-13 to late fourth quarter and they get that final touchdown with a couple minutes to go to go up 27-13. Doesn't matter when they get it. As long as they get it, I think they cover the 13 and a half. So I'm going Louisville minus seven and a half. I'm going Alabama minus 13 and a half for my best bet and my lean. All right. Before we get to the Dodgers picks, Double D, get in here. You've got a massive parlay, like, excuse me, like you always do. So go ahead as I'm getting choked up about it. Run down your place for us. It's time to get crazy with Double D's college football D-Gen Parlay.
0: Well, I knew I had to come hard because KJ was going to be on the show and he always brings the oh. plus money. So for my D-Gen parlay this week, I talked about it earlier. I love Ohio State plus three and a half. I'm probably even going to sprinkle a little bit on the money line. I really do think Ohio State is the better team. Auburn plus 13 and a half versus Alabama. Auburn to me I, it depends on which Auburn team shows up. If it's the Auburn team against Georgia, I really like that. Arizona's just been trucking. People minus ten and a half versus a bad Arizona State. Arizona State team. Florida plus six and a half versus Florida State. Starting quarterback for Florida State is out, and it is in the swamp. I really love this number. South Carolina plus seven and a half at South Carolina versus Clemson. I think Spencer Rattler has the game of the year for himself. I think they. Once again, another rivalry game. I think they cover that seven and a half. I got Louisville on the money line. I've got LSU on the money line. My faithful James Madison, who let me down last week. I'm going back to him again, but just on the money line. Uh, Washington on the money line. I've loved them all year long. And then, of course, for Chelsea, I'm taking NC State over North Carolina on the money line. Ten-leg parlay. A hundred and twenty five to one, five dollars wins you six hundred and thirty dollars. Let's go. Let's
1: go double. I love it. Even though I'm opposite you on that Auburn, ten legs, he's got ten legs. Even Would though, it be though we're a decimate
3: or something like that, yeah. <laughs> instead of direct, like that. a rack, a something.
1: <laughs> we're we're opposite there, double D. But you know what? I'm going to throw a little bit of money on your D Gen parlay as well, even though I'm, I like Alabama because I just have to. At 125 to one, how can I not just throw a couple bucks on there? All right, let's get to the donksters picks this week. Again, you can uh, always, for better insight, analysis, historical trends, and more five-star best bets, download the BetQL app. Dongster, again, still back at the studio, on vacation, enjoying Thanksgiving, enjoying Black Friday. He says Memphis, minus 13 at Temple. He also likes Duke, laying the six at home against Pittsburgh, a couple of college football plays. KJ, you look at those. I don't know if you've looked at any of these games at all. Do you
3: like what the Dongster has here? I can buy the Duke Panther the Duke Pittsburgh game. Pittsburgh has just been atrocious. They, they they started with a little bit of hope, but that was in the first couple of games. It's just kind of been all downhill. And ironically, Pittsburgh has a player who has my same exact legal name. So it throws you off when you hear your legal name being called as a player on the television. You're like, whoa. Like how'd I end up on the television? Like last night, watching the the Seattle game, there's a guy named Kobe Bryant out there. It threw me for a second. I'm like, Kobe Bryant made the tackle. So it always throws you when you hear your legal name being said over the air on television. You're like, see, I told you I'm world renowned. You know. So yeah, I like the Duke in the six and a half at home uh, against against Pittsburgh. Yeah.
1: All right, we'll see how he does. He's four and four on the week, so he's trying to get to a winning record. And let's bring on now as uh, it'll be coming up next, BetQL Daily, Kate Constable, one of our friends who always joins us each and every Wednesday for the Women of Wagertainment at 820. She's gonna be filling in on the BetQL Daily show. So Kate, first off, how was your Thanksgiving? You gotta unmute yourself, Kate. We can't hear you.
2: That that would help, wouldn't it? There we are. That would help. Uh, my Thanksgiving was wonderful. I ate way too much, went to bed with a stomach ache, but we feel great today. And we're probably going to continue eating leftovers this afternoon. So it was great. How was your guys's?
3: Kate, I, I'm yeah, going mean, to say one thing. Don't don't be mad at me. I still have not done your cookie pie recipe that you gave me last Thanksgiving. And I did you have the cookie pie this year?
2: No, I was with my in-laws this year, so I wasn't, my mom makes it, so I couldn't have it, KJ, but I'm oh. holding that to you, you better make that recipe, it's great, Um, and KJ, last year when we hosted on Thanksgiving <laughs> together, I think that was my very first BackQL show I ever hosted, so it's been a year since I've um been here hosting, back at it again, it's Thanksgiving. It's
3: been two years, yeah, I think my first show was with Mark Malusius two Thanksgivings ago, so yeah, so happy anniversary to us it's a cookie pie thing that hasn't been used in a year
1: (laughs) hey what are you guys looking at here for uh for black friday jets dolphins are you interested in this game or is it just kind of like you know kind of like thanksgiving leftovers it's like yeah it's there and maybe i'll pick at it but i'm not real excited about it
2: no i'm excited about this one i'm i'm going with the dolphins uh i have not decided quite yet if i'm going to lay the points i think i've kind of waited too long, got a bad number, but I might take the dolphins team total to go over because I I'm, I'm thinking they might just blow the doors off this, uh, jets team late in the second and it gets kind of out of hand like the Cowboys and commanders yesterday. That's kind of how I see this one going.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting. Again, the NFL invading black Friday. Are you going to be doing any shopping today or is it just host the show and then take a nap and then get to the football?
2: Host the show. That's exactly my plan, Bill. Host the show, nap, football, a little family time later. I'm a Cyber Monday girl. I don't like to go out Ah, uh, and go in the streets. So, Cyber Monday is my jam.
1: Good enough. Kate Constable coming up next. I'm Becky L. Daily. We appreciate you stopping by. KJ, as always, thank you for filling in. We appreciate it. Chelsea Jinx will be back on Monday for David Dykstra, for Mike Brown as well. I'm Bill Roland. Thanks for hanging out with us. Have a fantastic weekend. Betco Daily, up next.
2: You've been listening to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. If you missed any of the show, listen back anytime on the new and improved Odyssey app.